Socrates said that it is a shame for a man to grow old without seeing the beauty and strength of which his body is capable. Yesterday, I read many headlines from the bullshit media saying that we have figured it out. Your dad, your neighbor, your neighbor, Daryl, or you, Daddy-O, are fat and it's not your fault. Somehow, despite the basic scientific principles and the fact that we cannot genetically change within less than a human lifetime, somehow we have spit in the face of Darwin's research and what he spent years studying. We said, nope, we're genetically different now, and that's why we are devolving. That's why we are a nation of obese men and women, and it's not your fault. It's just your biology. Well. I'm here, and I'm not going to lie to you. It is your fault. It is your responsibility. It is your responsibility to learn the basics of your biology and how your body works. It is your responsibility to take charge and craft your personal evolution. I know this goes against our current conventional wisdom and belief, but age has nothing to do with your body fat, your speed, your energy, or your flexibility. Today's guest is one of my favorite people to talk to on this podcast. She's actually a returning guest and has agreed to come back on this time to talk, not just about her professional experience, but a personal passion. She, like me, has experienced the hopeless feeling that comes with hitting 40. And she, like me, said, well, maybe this is what I'm destined to look like and feel like in life. She, like me, made a fateful decision one day where she decided to take charge. Tell the media, your mom, and your mom's friend, Martha, that she's not going to be old, slow, and fat. There is a better way. There is a more evolved way. And that's what we're going to uncover on today's episode of the Evolve Podcast. Welcome to the Evolve Podcast. Evolve your body, evolve your mind, evolve your soul, and evolve your tribe. And now it's time to disrupt. Yeah, welcome back to the Evolve Podcast, where we are at war with the mediocrity of modern men. Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Med One Capital, for sponsoring the Evolve Podcast. We appreciate all the support. The Med One Group exists for the sole purpose of making needed medical equipment available to the healthcare industry. You can find more information at medonegroup.com. And for our local Utah listeners, we also have a special deal running through the month of September. We have partnered with our friends at Nautical Goals in Santa Utah, and they are doing a promo for our Evolve listeners. If you are in the Salt Lake Sandy area on about 21st and 94th, you can go into the Smith's parking lot and you will find Nautical Bowls. Go in and use the code EVOLVEBOGO for a buy one, get one free acai bowl. Thank you, Linnea and Noah, for giving our amazing listeners this great gift. Lost somewhere in the mountains of Utah, I am Steve Cutler, and today's guest is a returning guest. If you haven't listened to our episodes with Hillary Scott, which is Evolve 29, or our Evolve Your Mind episode that we had with Hillary, please go check them out after this episode. Now, here's an interesting fact. Both episodes remained in the top 10 downloaded podcasts on our podcast for almost two full years. Hillary is our only guest to have two episodes hit our top 10 and remain in the top 10 for this long. Hillary is an academically trained landscape painter from uh, Massachusetts and one of my all-time favorite painters. But 
this time, I didn't ask Hillary to come on to talk about creativity, art, uh, although we might be touching on those things, but we're talking about another topic that we are both very passionate about. That is getting fit and evolving at any age. Hillary Scott, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It is so great to have you back. It's awesome. I love our conversations. Especially yeah. the one that we're going to have. Yeah, it's a, there's there's this great anticipation. I think as we were talking the other day, um, I got off the phone. I was just smiling ear to ear because I thought this is going to be a lot of fun. And I got to tell our listeners before we um, get too far into this and you introduce yourself, um, before we started the recording, before we started the podcast, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, wow, okay, your shoulder development has improved even more since we talked a couple of years ago, you've put some muscle on. I have. And I'm just so thrilled that you, it's noticeable because sometimes we just do the things day after day and it's hard to see that change in ourselves. But then when somebody sees you, which has happened, you're not the first person that said that to me. I've heard some other people say, wow, look at your shoulders and look at your legs. And it's just, um, it's, it's awesome to, to know that your hard work is paying off. And yeah. so I have been working, I've been showing up, being consistent, even when I didn't want to. And I do think that's part of this whole conversation is, is the consistency factor and just being accountable and um, being able to trust yourself that you're going to do the things you say you're going to do. So with that yeah. being said, I have, I've been on a program. I had switched things up about four years ago. I turned 40 four years ago and it, there was just, I needed to switch up what I was doing because we can go and do the things that we've done before. And when they stop working for you, you can either just not see results anymore and turn into a person that you don't feel lines up with your own beliefs about who you should be, or you can pivot and adapt and you can kind of adjust things. So that is what I did. And that's what I've done in my painting journey. And that's what I did in my fitness journey. And it's worked very well for me. I love that. And in, in our previous episodes, I, you, we talked a little bit about your, uh, history as a painter and as a, I'm not quite sure how you described yourself, a serial getting fired type person oh. that you would get fired at jobs. And then you I, finally I'm said, fired. Hey, I'm not good in the corporate world. I'm, I'm an artist. <laughs> yeah, I'm laid off. I've always laid had an off. art yeah. Free speech. You know, I just, I just always knew what my end game was. And mm. those jobs were just a means to an end. Those jobs yeah. were just yeah. for me to make money for me to just hate enough so that it would motivate me to finally get to where I need to be. And it helped me along when I kept getting fired. I mean, I, I was just, I was always on the shopping block because not because I did anything crazy, no scandalous, anything, no stories, like nothing really interesting, but just really me doing, not going above and beyond what a star employee might do. Mm -hmm. when I was asked to stay late or fill an extra shifts or do go back to school and take classes and just kind of further my education and something that was not art. I just wasn't willing to do those things. I, my eyes were always on the prize. My time away from the job was always devoted to bettering myself as an artist. And once you, if you lose sight of that, you're going to get swept up in just a whirlwind of nonsense. And so I would show up for my job. I would show up on time. I would show up, um, and I would do the job. I would do what was expected of me to get the paycheck. And that was it. And that's not what employer necessarily wants. And there's a lot of people that kiss up 
to, you know, ass kissers and it, <laughs> I just, I couldn't do it. And yeah. so I just did what I signed up to do. And if that wasn't good enough for them, then I guess, bye, <laughs> bye. <laughs> and so it happened over and over again. And until I was finally this now or never, it's just time to take the, you know, just take the leap and do what I know that I'm here to do. This is why I was born. I know that's what I needed to do. So, and there's a lot of people that may be working jobs that they don't love and they have another idea that they they know is is really gonna fulfill them more. And it's not that you can just jump right to it, but I think that in general, you should have a plan. You should have, yeah. you should always believe that you can do it. And when you get sucked into like a negative loop where you're like, it's just not possible. And I'm just destined to, to be miserable. And I'm destined to do this. It's just, that's how life is. Then you're just a victim. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's another mentality that I think we can cross into. We can parallel with this whole fitness journey is the victim mentality is very real. And I don't see myself as a victim. I never have. I, I refuse to, to be a victim of of anything of a narrative of what other what society expects of me i just won't do it and i'm proud of that um the victim but there are people out there that do enjoy that role i've noticed that some people do like that because it validates it validates that the the lack of achievement or the yeah, lack of yeah. goal that they are they are not they don't achieve and so it, it's validating they're like well it's just it's just my age or it's just, it's just impossible to make money as an artist. And I am crossing over between the two because I found that there are a lot of parallels between my journey between oh, those huge. Two, yeah. two journeys that kind of make who I am as a person. And that's my identity is all of those things. And I'm just trying to be the best version of myself. So when I sign of use an art metaphor or something or something that has to do with that, it's, it's always applicable to to the fitness because there's just so it's you are trying to reach a goal it's not easy it's extremely challenging and you have to be in a mindset where you're going to be able to achieve that and put yourself in the best situation best possible scenario to achieve what you want and yeah the, the crossover is i mean it, what you're talking about essentially is being an integrated person Right. And and we've said multiple times on this podcast that an evolved human being is not a human being who just kind of slices and dices their life and says, okay, I have this over here. I have that over there. And there's no crossover. There's no integration because the reality is how you do anything is how you'll do everything. Right. And so the parallel between your personal growth and evolution, the parallel between the growth and evolution that you've had in your career, the parallel of the growth and evolution that you've had in your health and fitness, they're they're all there. They are literally parallel for a reason. What I think a lot of people don't realize is when they start to drug themselves with excuses, they drug themselves with uh, all of this idea, like I'm a victim or it's or I'm a victim of my age. I'm a victim of my circumstance. I'm a victim of something. Yeah is they don't realize that when they do that, there is a direct parallel to somewhere else in their life where they are just lowering the bar and lowering the standard for themselves. They, they like to say, well, it's because of this. And so I can, I can excuse myself in this area. Well, guess what? The same thing's happening in other areas. You're just blinding yourself to it. So I'm with you 100% that 
when you stop making the excuses, you see that the parallel growth that you have, career, health, fitness, life, like the whole thing, it all goes in one direction. Couldn't agree more. Honestly, the whole excuses thing is such a pet peeve of mine. It it is because I can't. I don't make excuses at all. I feel like there's it. There's no excuse for just these phrases that people say. I'm trying, and I right, really right. Don't. there's no trying. You're either doing no. it or you're not doing it, and yeah. that's these are facts. And I'm sorry if you're offended by it. And this is this is a very triggering kind of topic to be in because yep. people are going to have just a million excuses why they can't go for a walk. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about going and powerlifting and, and doing the Ironman. We're not talking about that. It's like, I don't know. And I also think that maybe there's a confidence thing in here where you don't believe that you that you're worth the time that it might take out of your day. Like everyone else is your time. Your job is more important. Oh, my job is I, I work so many hours. My boss expects this, my kids, this, I had to volunteer for this. Where do you fit into this? Like why, yeah. why do you feel like you're important enough to be the healthiest version of yourself as you age? Do you think that it's selfish to have to be a liability to someone else later in life when you can't move like when you fall and I don't know just all these things I just it just really irritates me when yeah. everyone and, but but then no so this is the double factor of it they make up excuses why they can't do it and then they incessantly complain about why they don't reach their goals so they complain and you tell them well maybe you should do this maybe this would help you in my experience has helped me and then they complain and they don't want to take advice. They just want to complain. So yeah. it's that, it's that identity of complaining that, that uh, I think people really lean into. And this is something we talked about the other day, because I, I was laughing when you were telling me about a recent experience uh, because it, it parallels with experiences that I have regularly. Right. And you yeah. were talking about this experience where, uh, what is it? You're on vacation and, you know, oh, I, I wish I could uh, be more fit and oh, Hillary, I wish I could have abs like you. And um, but I just can't do that. Right. T tell our listeners about this, because like I, I, I was dying laughing in the car while I'm uh, talking to you, thinking about, oh, yeah, I've had like all the dozens of these, right? Different types of ways where it's kind of like it's kind of like when people tell me, oh, you're just so talented, which I've been very open about how kind of irritating that is. Yeah. And it's not because they mean it as an insult. It's just that they are so misinformed that it's not the talent. It's the work the, that I put into it behind the scenes that you don't see. You see talent. Right, right. You don't see how many failed paintings. You don't see how just how many times. You know, I just have to, I'm learning a skill and it's like hell to, to do it. And I just have to push through. So when you see my abs or you see my muscle tone and I'm fit and toned, which is, I can't stand that word, but yeah, same. <laughs> don't get toned, but yeah. and like, you're just lucky it's genetics. And it's like, so you tell that to me when I don't want to show up at the gym and I feel like shit and I'm tired or like just unmotivated, I'd rather paint or I'd yeah. rather just you know, do anything else. And I still go and I still load the bar and I still do all the things I don't want to do. So you're going to tell me that I'm just lucky that that's genetics. That's kind of insulting. Yeah. It's not genetics and it's not luck. It's through just determination and tenacity and just um, consistency. It's and choice, right? You I mean, you're making yourself. a choice. You're making you're a consistently choice. consistently just making a choice. You for yourself. Yeah. Do, you, do you work only when you're motivated or do you go 
because that's what you have to do. Do you brush your teeth only when you're motivated? You do it because we brush our teeth. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous that, or, or that whole thing of like, I'm just not motivated. I, you're so lucky you're motivated. I wish I was your mo as motivated as you. Yeah. Well, newsflash, motivation is not, it's action that leads to motivation. Yeah. When you, yeah. Take action, when you decide, you make a decision that you're going to do something, even if you don't want to do it, and, and you keep doing that over and over again, you will start seeing results. And that is what leads to the motivation. Yeah. And I've learned that through just listening to some various people on Instagram. I'm very um, particular about the accounts that I follow that align with my beliefs because there's a lot of garbage out there that right. is yeah. kind of validating some of these false beliefs. And so I stay away from those things. So I really do. I listen to these people. They inspire me and they're spot on. And so it's not luck. It's not genetics. It's not talent. It's just, it's your work ethic. It's, your it's not a sprinkling of motivation either, right? I mean, there's the, the motivation thing's funny for me because you hear people yeah. talk about that as if somehow like the heavens have opened up and you've now been sprinkled with this massive amount of motivation. <laughs> I get motivation every day and it typically happens between about 4.20 and about 5.20 in the morning. And uh -huh. I, I don't have motivation at 4 a.m. when I wake up. Oh because I'm exhausted. I like not exhausted, but I just don't, don't like, there's no motivation. <laughs> yeah. So I roll, yeah, I roll out of bed at four and I get going. And once that first shot of espresso hits me, now I start to have a little bit of motivation, but I don't get motivation until I start going partway through my whole process. Right. I literally have a process that I go through every morning when I wake up to get me primed and ready for the day. I'm planning my day out. I'm reading a book. I'm, uh, you know, tapping my, my little, uh, timer that says, okay, I got 20 minutes for this book, 20 minutes for that book. Like I've got my whole routine out. There's no motivation before that. It's only after I've done all of those things that I start to feel motivated, that my brain turns on, that the motivation comes. And I think that's a big thing that a lot of people don't understand is that as you do things, you will get more motivation for those things. But if you're not starting, if you're not taking action, as, as you said, on the days when you're not feeling it, you still go load the bar up and you lift because that's what you do. Just like brushing your teeth, you just do it because you know that it's going to bring good health down the road. So yeah. whatever your current body is, it's a lagging measure of your previous habits. And so if your habits are there, then you start to get motivated over time. No, you're not going to be motivated if you're you know, 70 pounds overweight. Nobody is that you don't, you shouldn't look for motivation. What you should do is just go do the things right. And then the motivation comes. So I'd love where you're going there. Um, one of the things, so back to people saying, Oh, it's, it's talent or you're just lucky or whatever. I, I had a, uh, an experience recently where I was sitting with a group of people and uh, I was being lamented to by this uh, person that said, I just can't lose weight. I just, you know, I've tried everything and they're just shoving pizza in their mouth. Like, Oh, don't you or, love that? All right. So I hate to be yeah. judging. I don't say things. I don't say things out loud, but, uh, but I do take it in because it's just part of who I am. When somebody right. is saying, if they're saying I have tried everything, I, it is, it's my age, it's my hormones. I can't, yeah. I just, yeah. there's something wrong with me. It's my thyroid, just whatever. It's hard to, to, to not like to hang out with that person over a period of time and not kind of take mental notes. I'm like, because I, I do want to help somebody. If somebody asks me sure. specifically, yeah. 
I would tell them because I'm just passionate about this journey. And I think I feel amazing. And I never thought I'd feel this good in my mid forties based on what the whole the narrative says. And so when I see that, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I think that the problem is a lot of there, most people know what to do. I just think there's an accountability issue. A lot of the time where people, yeah, great point. you need to be brutally honest with yourselves. And I think that that's a big issue is that people just can't be honest with themselves about what they're doing and how they might reach, you know, get some results, but they have to change things. And people really dig in, especially about alcohol consumption. It's like, yeah. or yeah. you're drinking like a soda, like you've got a big bottle of like a caloric beverage and you're trying to lose 20 pounds. And it's like, I watch you do that. And it's like, I so desperately want to say something, but it's not my place to do so. Because again, it's, it's easy to offend somebody, especially if they're a friend of yours. It's, it's just looking at other people's habits. And so I know that people are also, there's fit shaming. There's judging of our habits, right? Yeah, people's sure. habits, they judge yeah. habits. So mm -hmm. naturally, I feel like sometimes I'm judging other people's habits because you're complaining about something. You are complaining uh, that, you're, that you have belly fat and that you can't do the things that you want to do. You don't have energy. You have back pain. You have knee pain. You have hip pain, like all these things. And then I'm watching you drink copious amounts of alcohol and eat shitty foods and it's like, you just want to wake them up to maybe to help them, but it's hard yeah. to do that. It's, it's a very fine line, slippery slope. Yeah. And well, so so let, let's talk about some of these uh, excuses, some of the challenges and the obstacles. I, I know. Um, so a few years ago, you mentioned that you had uh, hit a point where you thought, Hey, is this what getting older is? You know, maybe I just need to be resigned to this. Is this what happens when we get older? I, I think a lot of people can relate to that, right? Because we're told this narrative that as we get older, we get fatter, we get less flexible, we lose strength, uh, things sag, like, you know, we just, we age, right? And so we, we get to the point where we say, okay, that I just have to accept that. This is what happens. It's inevitable. Can you talk about where you were at um, when you yeah. were getting into the, maybe the early forties or late thirties? I was always a runner. So I would, and I have always lifted. So just to be clear on that, I've always lifted weights, but it was like a two day a week, full body kind of overall thing. It wasn't, it was moderate amount of weight, but I just think it was an overall kind of toning. I, yeah. I've seen right. that just because that's kind of the term that I think everyone would understand what I mean by that. And so I was just trying to keep muscle. I, I know that muscle mass is very important, but yeah. I was, primarily a runner. So I'd be running five days a week, maybe six. It was a lot. And then I would take one rest day and then two days where I'd go and do a full body. So it would be all legs, arms, and abs. And that was that. And it was sufficient. I was very thin. I've always been naturally on the lean side. It's kind of genetic. We are all kind of lean in my family. And that was working for me for a long time. And so uh, shortly after 40, and I was still keeping this schedule, I could just notice and I am very tuned into my own body. And I just felt like my, I felt like I had less muscle all of a sudden. I felt like mm. slowly, I'm like, why do I feel softer? I don't like this feeling. I just, I was feeling also with the running was a little bit hard on my body. Doing that much running was kind of, I was getting some wear and tear. I was getting some tendonitis that just aches and pains. And it just wasn't serving me as well and um and so anyway I was like thinking I'm like oh my god now is this is what everyone's talking about after 40 you start softening your whole body just starts to look 
kind of like it's just softer and not you you're not as you don't have as much lean mass and yeah. it's just this morph that over the course of this decade by the time you turn 50 everyone says and i've seen a lot of my friends and th th this is what happens is that you just turn into your body shapes different and you don't have as much mass you're gaining a lot of weight belly fat you can't wear the same clothes you did before so I kind of dug a little bit into that and I was kind of researching that because I always want to know what's going on. So I was looking, I'm like, wow, after this age, men and women, you, you start losing lean mass just, mm -hmm. just because of the age and your like hormones and all of it. And sarcopenia, age-related sarcopenia is a thing. It's not mm -hmm. your right. patient. You right. are starting to lose muscle by if you were lifting light weights in your thirties and you're just doing a little bit of it, that may have been enough to keep your body composition desirable and, you know, doing more cardio was okay. But at this point, I think that the ties are ch shifting. Like you actually need to up your game with the weight training. And, um, and it's for so many reasons other than aesthetics too, which I'm also very into. I'm not just gonna, I'm not just going to the gym, prancing around doing hip thrusts and all these things just so I can look good in a bikini. Right. That is the gravy of it. That's the icing on the cake. Yep. It's really to keep, to be held, to kind of avoid a lot of these age related diseases that the muscle is seriously the biggest hack anti-aging hack that I think there is. And I'm living this because I decided to fully commit myself to, I said, you know what, I need to, I need to cut back on the running a little bit, maybe take the lifting a little bit more seriously and see what happens. See if I can defy this narrative that I'm hearing everywhere. I've tried everything. I'm doing weights. I'm doing, I'm washing my diet. I'm doing, it. it's not working. Nothing works. And I'm like, you know what, I'm not just going to take somebody's word for it. I just like, I wouldn't take anyone's word for for why I can't make it as an artist, why I can't make money as an artist. I'm not going to take your word for it. I'm going to go out and I'm going to put myself into this whole thing. I'm going to commit myself to a goal and I'm going to see what happens. And then if it fails, then I guess you prove yourself correct. But I, I just don't do that. So I'm going to go, I guess, do a human experiment and see if I can defy all this bullshit that everyone's yeah. telling me. Is I love that. And guess what? It's happening. And it's, it's awesome. It's, it feels amazing to, to go out there and just take the bull by the horns and just decide that you're going to take control. I think that was the thing for me is that when somebody's telling me that I'm, I have no control over my own destiny, over my own health, over my own wellness and my own aesthetic, like my own physique goals. Cause I mean, let's be honest here. We were all in this, to, we have physique goals. We want, we don't yeah. want to look yeah. like we're 45 that's, I think that's the problem with the middle-aged mentality is that everyone has this vision in their head of what a middle-aged person is supposed to look like. And it's not favorable. It's no, not, no. nobody, if you said to a 25 year old, like, oh, do you think about, do you want to look like you're 45? And in their head, they have a preconceived notion of that. And that was a hell no to me. And that was a hard pass. I'm like, there is no way I, I don't see myself that way you know, at all. So I'm like, there's no way I'm accepting that. I'm not, that's unacceptable to me. So I dug in, I did the work and it's not even working harder. It's working smarter. Yeah. Now, I really do believe that. I think you have to be, there's a level of consistency that you have to stick to you. Things are harder as you get older. I do think that you're going to have to, the level of consistency is going to be a little bit higher, but I don't think that 
minute for minute, you're going to be having to work out as many as much or like so much more than what you had to do to get the same results. I just think you need to switch up what you're doing and just do direct your energy into something that's going to serve you and give you results versus just kind of get on the hamster wheel and spin your wheels and get no results. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck in that they're just doing something that used to work for them and it's not working anymore. And then they get frustrated and they quit. And then now it's, oh, you just get fat. Yeah. There, there's something that you said earlier that I, that really resonates with me. I mean, everything you're saying resonates, but the one thing that really stood out to me that I, I experienced and I've seen when people are successful, they all do the same thing. And that is that you do an experiment on yourself. You stop listening to what other people say, and you say, I'm going to experiment on myself. I'm going to test this. I'm going to test that. That was the same thing, uh, same process I went through. You know, I found that like in my uh, early to mid 40s, I just, I wasn't feeling good. I had knee pain, back pain, uh, hip pain. I mean, there were times where I was literally debilitated from walking and because of some of these things. I couldn't lift for months with my upper body because of some injuries that I'd had with my shoulders. And I was getting fatter. One day I woke up and I looked in the mirror. I'm like, what in the world is wrong with me? I, I feel horrible. I've got no energy. Um, everything felt like it had just completely crashed. And I finally just said, well, what if I did an experiment? And what I tell my clients nowadays is, look, I don't need you to become an expert in the body, but I need you to become an expert in your body. And what I mean by that is you've got to take this concept of experimentation seriously. Because we have to understand what's going on with your body. As you said, it's not always working uh, harder, but smarter. It's a matter of saying, hey, you know what? There is something that's irritating my gut on a regular basis. I should not be walking around with bloat or gas or belching. That's not normal, right? So if that's the case, then I have to dig in deep and I have to journal and I have to figure out what it is out of my food that I'm doing that is causing that. If I have excessive body fat, if I have low energy, if my libido is low, if I'm, then something's wrong. And we have to start to dissect those things. So having this experiment on ourselves is critical. And that is the one common thread I've seen with everybody. I see that with you. I've, I've experienced that. I finally got to the point where I just asked myself the question, okay, how much do I care? Like how, how much do, do I think that this is worth it for me to prove that I can get in the best shape of my life at, I think at the time that I really pushed hard was at like 44 or 45 to say, could I get back to my leanest state that I've ever been in? And it was through experimenting. It was through trying a lot of different uh, tactics and techniques. What about this food? What if I changed the way I slept? What if I lifted a little bit heavier here and did all those different things? Through that experimentation, we find out what works because experimentation is something that we have control over. We don't, we're not listening to other people. We truly have control over it. Now, with that, there's a lot of internal struggles that I think we all go through. There's the overcoming poor mindset. There might be feelings of self-doubt. Before you made the choice to do this experiment and to say, okay, I'm, I've got to do something different. How were you feeling? What was going on in, internally? I was pretty, I was, I was irritated. I was annoyed um, just because of the connotations that the society has with this age group. Mm. Yeah. It's irritating to me because if I just let nature take its course and I just continue doing what I was doing, I was going to be one of those people. I was going to turn into that just like some that my 
you know, physical being didn't measure up. Like it wasn't matching how I felt. I was like why I, what I needed to be to feel like I was fulfilling my own, um, I don't know what the word is, but just, I just think we have an image in our heads of what we deserve to be, I guess, like what we mm. should, and I work, I've always worked for really purpose. Hard. Yeah. Purpose. Yeah. And I've always worked really hard and um, I've always working out has always been a big part of my life, eating healthy and all that. And I'm like, oh, when my results aren't going to match up with that hard work, that pissed me off. And mm. I, and I get why a lot of women my age are frustrated because they're doing what they think are all the things. And some may or say, some may be doing, you know, drinking and all this, which isn't serving them. But like some of them really are legitimately doing things and it's not, it's not working for them because they haven't adjusted what they needed to do. So anyway, I was, I was very annoyed. I'm like, I just felt like I wasn't in control, I guess, in general. And I, I want to be in control of my own body just like functioning I guess like I didn't want to be having joint pain like aches and pains and I had you know some I pulled my back like threw my back out a couple times and um I don't know I was just kind of like I guess a little bit defiant too I'm like and not only that but I was refusing and then this the other thing is that everyone is saying now that you're 40 you can't eat carbs anymore you can't eat the things that you love you have to fast you have to eat and that yeah. bullshit, and that pissed me off because I'm like, yep. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm like, there's no way I'm doing that. So I mean, yeah. I post some accounts on Instagram that are amazingly inspiring. These women are 40s, 50s. They look fantastic. They feel great. They they're functioning well. They don't have all the diseases, all this, but they're also eating a very balanced diet. They're still yeah. indulging. Yeah. But, you know, an 80-20 is pretty much, I think, what is very sustainable for many people. 80% of the time, you know, we're eating whole foods, lean protein, all the stuff that helps fuel our bodies and build muscle, keep muscle on. And then 20% of the time you can indulge. You don't have to just go to a birthday party or and, and you can't have cake. Nope. Can't. I'm, I'm 44. I can't eat cake anymore. I, I can't have bread at the restaurant. I can't um that's that's unacceptable i was like there's yeah, no way I'm right. suffering. Like the suffrage factor where there's everyone's like it's all downhill after 40 that's all you hear is oh it's 40 it's like have fun with that it's like it's all downhill you can't eat like you used to eat you're just going to get fat the weight's going to pile on you're going to be tired you're going to feel like shit and that you can you can go in two ways you can take you can either be angry about it and be a victim and feel like a victim of aging or you can say no, that's, I don't accept that. I'm going to do something. I'm going to kind of go with what I should be doing at this age, whereas building muscle is king. That's where you need to be focusing your energy and eating to fuel that, but you don't have to suffer like that. You don't yeah. have to live a life of deprivation. I say you're adding, you're adding, you need to fuel appropriately, especially when you're this age and you're trying to build muscle. Guess what? You're only going to build muscle if you're fueling appropriately, not dieting. You don't right. build this body on a diet. And that's no, what I'm talking about. that you don't, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to eat, you know, 1200 calories now. I got to eat 100,000 calories. I can't eat anymore. Well, that's that's not going to work for you because over time your metabolism adapts to that so it's not like a broken metabolism your metabolism doesn't slow down it, uh, they've done studies on this your metabolism is adapted if you eat 12 1200 calories you're going to have a 1200 calorie metabolism and then yep. your body adapts and then when you do want to lose weight you there's only so low you can go with your calories so you're just 
Anyway, so I just decided I was going to start building some muscle. I was going to try to improve my metabolism. I eat more food than most women, I think, my age who are, I, I, you know, even women who have weight to lose. And that's because muscle mass requires fuel. Yeah, it's and more metabolically I, active. I like the place that I'm in. It's, I think having a mindset of abundance versus a mindset of restriction is, yeah. is huge. It's a, it's a shift for me because that's all you hear is restrict. No, you can't have this. And for me, I'm like, I will have that and I will use it to fuel my workouts in the gym. And that's, and, and I feel amazing. I really, I don't know. I love to lift. I don't know. Some people might struggle with it and they're like, ah, I just hate this. I'd rather do cardio. I don't get it. I'm like, I hate, I, I just don't care about, you know, running is like, I don't like it as much. I love, I feel strong. You feel badass. You feel amazing. You really do. Yeah. I mean, um, it's. I, we recently, I, I, we were talking before we uh, hit record here that I, we, we recently wrapped up uh, with my uh, dream glute guide co-creator, Shelby, uh, a 12 week cycle with a group of uh, women. We trained them for, you know, once a week in, in person. And then the other two uh, workouts they did through our app using our, our glute guide and the average person. Okay. This is the average, average, not uh, like the lowest person hit just over 300 pounds in, in their hip thrust, right? These are women, uh, but the average person was well over 300 pounds. And our high point was uh, a, a young lady that hit 405 on their hip thrust. Now, all of these women started at average at about 135 pounds on the hip thrust and went from about 135, lifting that to well over 300. You talk to any single one of them, they'll say the same thing. They feel strong. They feel badass. They would say, there's no way I could have done that in a dieting caloric deficit. The average too that we saw was a half inch decrease on their waistline and an average of three inch grain gain on the hips. So these are the averages, right? This is now the low point was one person got two inch gain on their hips and still half inch gain. Nobody or half inch loss on the midsection. Nobody had less than that. They all felt strong. There was powerful. You mentioned control earlier. And I think control is a really powerful uh, topic that we play with in our minds, whether we want to recognize it or not. If we don't have health, we're not in control of our life. If we don't have vitality, if we don't have strength, we're not in control of our life. When we develop the health, we now have control. We now have mastery. And I think that comes to what you're talking about with the weightlifting. People who love to weightlift, my observation is they have become very good at weightlifting. They have developed the skill to squat. They have developed the skill to do a pull-up. They have developed the skill to do all of these things. And so then they have confidence because they have control in those areas. You're not going to feel confident if you don't have the control, you haven't developed the skill. You also, uh, you, you talked about how you made some of these mindset shifts and there was these hell no movements. Or, or moments, right? So these hell no moments are these what I what I like to call that's where our uh, phil, philosophically we just are butting up against something we just don't believe in. My daughter, um, when she was getting ready to graduate from high school, she had somebody look at her and tell her this statement, which I'll say in a second. And I, just to give a little bit of backstory, my daughter was a the uh, captain of her drill team. She had been dancing for years, was on the drill team, uh, the dance team for all four years, and then had worked her way up through different leadership positions. And final year, she was the head captain. She was a great leader, great athlete, phenomenal dancer. And afterwards, she's coming into the tail end of high school. 
she had somebody look at her and say, well, soak it up now because everything just goes downhill after high school. I was like, oh my God, wow. that drove me nuts. That's so like discouraging, not to mention incorrect. Yeah. Um, I guess I would say that that depends on your choices. That depends yeah. on your mindset. That depends on so many things because yeah, that very well could be the case if you have a negative mindset and, um, but if you don't and you believe you can and you're willing to put in the work, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if it's a career goal. I don't care if it's a fitness goal. I don't care what kind of goal it is. I'm so, that's the kind of negativity you just need to cut out of your life. Yeah. I'm serious. It's just so discouraging. And then there's this, this is, I don't know if you were finishing your thought. Um, do you have a you No, so I so I want to tell the end of that part of the story because oh, I agree sorry. with you. No, no, you're good. You you actually okay. added to it, which I love. So I, I I looked at her and I said, Carly, what do you think? She goes, uh, that doesn't make any sense. Why why would life be over after high school? Why would I have peaked in high school? I said, okay, so think about that in context. Like, why was that said to you? Uh, and she came up with a few reasons. I said, okay, well, what's your perspective? She goes, um, I don't think it is. I think life gets better. I think you have the ability to learn. You have the ability to grow. You have the ability to um, do a job. You have the ability to create wealth. You have the ability to be healthy, to be fit. You know, my kids see from my example and how I challenge them that age is a number. Now we make it a number, right? Because in my household, when we go hiking together, uh, which we do as part of like vacations or time that we get together, there's what, what I call trail push-ups. And trail push-ups are that at some point when dad calls, okay, time for trail push-ups, everybody has to drop down and do your age. Now, the great thing about this trick is no one can complain because the old man is always doing his age, which is way more than what everybody else is doing. Oh, wow. So if anybody says, oh, I don't want to do it, I say, really? I'm going to do 47. So you, you're telling me you can't do 17, you can't do 18, you can't do 19. Nobody can complain, right? So life doesn't go downhill unless you choose for it to go downhill. But what a horrible thought. But I think so many people believe this. So many people just have resigned themselves to this idea that life is going to go downhill. We're going to get fat. We're going to get out of shape. We're going to get joint pain. We're going to have all this other stuff. And then I want to circle back to something you said earlier, where you talk about this idea of shame, right? People say, oh, but you're fat shaming. You're, you're shaming that. No, I don't need to fat shame you. You wake up every day and you look in the mirror and you're shaming yourself. The only thing you're feeling is the difference in resonance with my energy versus your energy. Like you're overweight. You know that. I don't need to tell you that. You look in the mirror. You don't, you don't like the pants when you put it on. You don't like the way you feel. You don't like the fact that you have constant digestive issues, that you don't sleep well, that your neck hurts, that your back hurts. There's no shaming that's happening from external. The shame happens internal, right? When I was out of shape, when I didn't, um, wasn't living my most vital life, and I would hear people talk about being out of shape and pain and all that stuff, they weren't shaming me. I was shaming myself. And until people get to the point where they realize that the shame is internal, they'll never overcome that philosophical battle that they have. Philosophically, right. it's incorrect to think that life goes downhill after a certain point. No, it's just, it's getting better. I feel like 
at this age, I'm like, I'm finally somewhere in my career that I never thought I would be. I never, never thought that it was possible to, you know, make money, to do all, to get some of the publicity and some of the awards that I've gotten. And it's awesome. And it's just getting better. And same thing with my physicality. I, I don't have joint pain at all. I just, it's everything that people said was going to happen to me now. It hasn't happened to me because I took control of the situation and it did take some effort, everything. It's so, I think it is also choosing your heart is like, it's hard yeah, to do yeah. what I do to get up sometimes and do Bulgarian right. squats and, and lower the squat bar. And when you're tired or you have somewhere else that you want to be, but what about if you just continue your habits and over time you can't wear the clothes you want to wear you can't go hiking because you're out of breath you have to take the elevator you, you have joint pain you need joint replacements and low you have low back pain all these things you're tired all the time is that easier than going downstairs and hitting you're now i have a home gym like going and doing some some you know deadlifts I don't think so. I'm no, like, hey, I'm like, you're gonna choose. So that's I, I do think it's ridiculous that people say it's all downhill. It's it's basically your habits, it's your mindset and your habits. If you keep going back to the same thing, that's that is the reality of it. Yeah. And but people, that's the that's the the reality is different than what other people's reality for their lives is, right? They they live their own reality because that's what they're creating. But the reality is science doesn't support this idea that you no, have to it doesn't support it. Right? You are you can have your opinion about what you think is going on, but you're not entitled to your own science. And that's that's where the problem is, is like you want to create this excuse, this validation that this is just how it is and that you just need to make peace with it and you just need to accept it. And there are places out there that are empowering this mindset. Yep. I don't go near them because it's, it's super irritating to me. I just think that you should, this is the best news ever because that means that you're in control. So the fact of the matter is, is that if you go and do all the things that the people who are the healthiest at this age are doing and you're doing those things, that means that you have some control of the situation. So this is, I, I just think this whole debunking of this lowered metabolism after 40, which I don't know if you were aware of that study. Oh yeah. They found yeah. That between 20 and 60, your metabolism is very stable. And then after 60, it goes down by just a fraction of a percent. Like it's, it's really tiny. Um, maybe point, I think it was like 0.7 or something yeah. like that. Um, and people are all like, this is the best news that we've heard in a long time, because it means that you have control over your own situation. And you can take it or leave it. You can do with that what you may. But the point is, is that the science is very clear. So if you want to continue to do what you're doing, you can be miserable, make excuses, be angry at the people who are fit, be angry. at. there's a just, I think that when people do fit shame or they make these offhanded comments about your choices that you're not going to drink, it says more about them than it does about you. Yeah. And I just tune it out because I am very lucky. I, the vast majority of people that I hang out with, they, they're very supportive. They, they, I feel like I inspire a lot of people um, just by living, walking the walk. I don't talk about things. I just, I do them. And I think, I think it does inspire people, uh, whether they make excuses and they choose not to follow that path. I just wanted to prove to everybody that, that this isn't, this doesn't have to be your reality. You don't have to fall apart. You don't have to just turn into dust after like just kind yeah. of and, and fall apart after you turn a certain age well um, and 
and we so I know we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but I I'm I'm really curious to get your perspective. Um, you know, I love your artwork. I am such a huge fan. I mean, you you do such an amazing job of creating this atmosphere, this feeling like when I look at your paintings, um, it makes me feel like I'm right there, right? That that on that misty morning that I'm standing there looking at the um at the scene that you've created. You've got a great eye for aesthetics. You have a great eye for um, the quality of a scene, the quality of something. Now, I believe internally that all of us are attracted to beauty. I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and says, hey, where do I want to go on vacation on my next vacation time? Oh, maybe the sewers of New York. That would be great. Right. Let's go to the sewers of New York. That'd be the most ugly, disgusting, smelly place that I could go to. Yeah, let's go there. Nobody does that. You go to a beach, you go to a mountain, you go somewhere that is awe-inspiring, somewhere that is beautiful, right? We're all attracted to beauty. It's hardwired in us. Now, the counterculture of our society is telling you that being uh, 300 pounds with purple hair is beautiful. It's bullshit. No, nobody thinks yeah, that that's um, beautiful, right? It's so dumb. Yeah, let's be positive about something that's ugly. Well, no, because societies that have done that in the past have all failed. Societies that have done well have been aesthetically driven. Now, I get that some people are going to argue and say, well, but when you're aesthetically driven, then you become vain and yada, yada, yada. Every person that says that is somebody who is the 300-pound purple-haired person who's just leaning into the ugly because they don't know how to do something different. And that's just not the case. I believe we're wired to grow towards beauty, towards aesthetics. Now, yeah, beautiful body comes as kind of a secondary. And the real benefit we get is we feel really good when we're training. But I would love to get your perspective as an artist. As you've trained, you have changed your your um, physique through lifting and through your lifestyle and through your food. Um. I mean, you got to be, you got to be happy. You got to be proud with what you're seeing, right? When you think about like when we're building our bodies, we're doing it because we want to get healthier, right? We want to feel more vital. We want to feel more, uh, uh, or less old, but we're also doing it to look a certain way. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because just like we don't choose to go to the sewers of New York for vacation, but we choose a beautiful beach instead, we're choosing to build our body because inherently we're drawn towards beauty. We want to see a more beautiful body when we look in the mirror. No, I totally agree with that. Um, and I think that, you know, it's the whole body positivity movement is changing that a little, trying to like kind of talk us out of that. But the reality yeah. is, is always be um, that we, that's, that might be, I think that's a lot of the motivation of doing the stuff that we do, even though that's like kind of not my primary motivation, but I feel sure. like yeah. that's a lot of people's motivation. And um I, you know, I definitely believe that that's driving a lot of people to do, to change things is because they want to look good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're going to get on the way is you're going to feel better. You're going to function better. Um, you're going to be at less risk for diseases. And I guess over time I used to, that kind of was my motivation. But then when I started, I realized that 
for me, it was more motivating to get in the gym to lift heavier for performance based things. Like I was like, Oh, I want to see how much I can deadlift. I want to see yeah. how much yeah. I can. it was kind of exciting because I think that aesthetic goals will only get you so far. So like if your main reason for like going to the gym is to have a flat stomach, I just think that like in general, that's not a strong enough reason to keep you going for your, oh, for sure. And I just think when this, when it's flipped to where you are doing it for function, um, even in the back of your mind, you're still vain. I still think that you are going to get those results as a side effect of your, of trying for performance-based goals. I mean, look at athletes, athletes, like they're not, they're not going in the gym. My daughter, she's trained, she plays D1 basketball and they're all in their training hard and that's not they're not going to practice because they want to look hot that that comes as a result of kind of performance-based functional yeah so yeah uh, no one's going to argue that an aesthetic goal is 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 not okay to have i mean i have that goal and i think um i think everyone has that nobody wants to look like shit yeah you don't want to have to go buy your clothes to cover up the body right? You want to buy your clothes as a way to enhance the body and to, to express your full uh, functionality and the full beauty that, that I think every, everybody has. Hillary, what changed for you? When, when, when did it click where you said, okay, I know that I need to make this change. I've got to lift a little bit heavier. I've got to do a few different things. What's working is not, or what worked is not now still working. When did you feel like that there was a point where it changed and you said, okay, now, now I'm, I'm on the right path. I'm on it. I'm on a different path, but this is the path that's taken me to where I want to go. I felt like I was the mind, the shift was, I was just slowly lifting heavier. And that was kind of a lot. That was enough to bring me to motivate me to get to the gym is like, oh, I'm like lifting heavier now head progressively. Mm. Like, I mean, when I was like a few years ago, I was doing like 110 pounds for like RDLs. And now I'm like at 205. Um, Holy cow, that is heavy. Yeah, for so, an RDL. Nice job. <laughs> thank you. I know. I'm like, I actually love RDLs. I'm like, I just, I, I'm, I don't know. They're like my favorite exercise on leg day. But That's anyway. great. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I, so the scale was going up, it was creeping up. And I'm like, I realized that this was like something that would have freaked me out back in my thirties, like if just, or even 40, like, it was like, Oh my God, what's going on here. But I kind of, that discomfort was everyone was saying to me, like, that's not the best way to gauge progress, especially if you're building muscles. So like, right, I noticed right. I was better. Like I was, I was like just looking stronger and, um, and the scale was going up and I was lifting heavier. So all of these things were coming together and I'm like, wow, I'm like, I'm changing my mindset to want to be stronger, even if it means that I'm going to be like 10 pounds heavier on the scale and I'm okay with that. And I'm not freaking out and I'm not cutting calories and all these things. And I think that that was where I was like, I'm actually a different person now, um, that I was before that I was, I was kind of a victim of the whole diet culture and like, Oh, you have to mm -hmm. be a certain weight on the scale. You have yeah. to, you know, just skinny is, is where it's at. And you have to do whatever you can after 40 to stay skinny and you have to diet and you can't eat these things. Um, and I just, the, the path was different for me. I'm like, I think that the weight on the scale is really misleading and is actually robbing women of their goals of their goal body every single day. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's kind of my mindset shift around that of external expectations. Um, and just being a slave to that. 
being a slave to the scale, a slave to, um, oh, how skinny am I? And just, I didn't feel my best then. I wasn't objectively as healthy. Um, just, I just am about as healthy as I have ever been by gaining that weight and gaining instant, a lot of it's the lean mass that I needed to gain. So. And, and one thing that I think. Scale thing and diet yeah. mentality. You got to get away from the diet mentality. You have to get oh to God, the point it's where it's just, it's, it's, um, it, it you got to understand that, that a, a diet or a reduction in calories can be beneficial to get body fat off. But if you're not building muscle, then you are missing out significantly on the metabolic component. For every one pound of muscle you gain, you are increasing the need, the metabolic need for the body by about six to eight calories per hour. Like that's massive. When you put that out there, right? You want to get lean, always, you build muscle. Somebody, I, thought, I was like thinking, I thought that it was per day, but I'm like, I'm so excited that you just per said, hour. is it per hour? Per hour. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm like, I was thinking, <laughs> um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I feel like the people that have all the muscle on them, they're not dieting because no. it doesn't, that no. doesn't go hand in hand. You can't, it, it, the dieting like lifestyle does not go with keeping muscle on your frame. It, it requires yeah. calories. It's very metabolically expensive. Um, and, and yeah, and I started eating a lot more protein with wonderful results. Um, I just, I changed up some things. I, I did tweak some things. I, um, I don't, I didn't take away my favorite foods. I don't, I still eat those. Um, yeah. I refuse to give them up, but I did work in more protein. Um, I take some creatine, like the supplements a little bit, um, because that's not a magic bullet it's like it works if you work so i'm just trying to optimize everything that i'm doing and it's i'm thrilled with the results and it's awesome it's very reassuring you know to positively reinforce all of the things that i'm doing and to get those results it's it's what everyone wants yeah i'm here i love that you brought up creatine because creatine is 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 a really uh fascinating supplement for me. I mean, I, I remember back when creatine hit the market, uh, you know, I was in the health and fitness uh, business when it hit the market and uh, there was so much misinformation. Initially you had bodybuilders talking about creatine and loading up on it and cycling on and cycling off similar to what they were doing with their steroids. And um, it, it just, it, it's been proven. I mean, it was proven within the first few years, but it has been proven over the past 25 plus years to be the most effective supplement, the most tested supplement out there. And yet still to this day, you'll hear misinformation about it, you know, and people just don't understand what it is, what it does. I mean, essentially for listeners who don't understand what creatine is and does creatine goes into the body. It's, it's an amino acid. So it's a building block of protein, but essentially it's an energy source. What it is, is it, it goes in and, and our bodies, when we exercise, we utilize the smallest form of energy that our body can utilize for energy called ATP, adenosine triphosphate. The reason that's important to understand is that there's three phosphates attached to this adenosine molecule. When we exercise, we use one of those phosphates. So that AT, tri, goes down to ADP, di. So we go from three down to two. Creatine comes in and lends a phosphate back to that ADP and gives us more energy. And so essentially, if I'm taking creatine on a regular basis, then I can, and I'm lifting, let's say I'm, I'm Hillary and I'm doing RDLs at over 200 pounds, and I can do that for 10 reps. Well, creatine might make me be able to do it for 11 or 12. 
if I push myself to do it, right? It gives me one or two more reps every time because it gives me a little bit more energy so that I can do that. That's the mechanism where the growth happens. It's not that it's magic, right? Now, there's also, this is what's really cool is creatine has been shown to be extremely beneficial for the brain, especially as we get older. And so if you're in your 40s, if you're in your 50s, some 60s, 70s, 80s, I've got uh, people that I work with right now in their 70s that I have on creatine and the results that they're seeing from their overall lifestyle changes, their overall strength program is just phenomenal. And I love that you threw that out there because most people in their mid 40s, most women in particular would hear this and say, oh, there's no way I'm not going to do that. It's going to make me bulky, right? Oh, God. Can we dive into that? That is yeah, yeah. just super annoying. <laughs> There's this preconceived notion that lifting weight will sorry, I'm gonna this the latest one. Um hold on. Sorry, these are yeah, the phone just right on the computer. But anyway, nice. um, that, that um it's a great thing about technology being super I know, I when we even when we don't want to. I'm afraid that this will shut off if I shut that off. So That's it's okay. uh, yeah, these like women, they're like just so afraid that this going to make them bulky and that we have to lift the pain weight a million times and yeah the five pound weight i'm gonna get toned i'm like actually lift like you think you're gonna get bulky and you might get toned you yeah. might i'm yeah. here trying to get bulky after god knows how many years like all these years of like doing this and i'm like it's still not happening um it's what makes you bulky is the layer of fat over the muscle. That's, that's, yep. if you want to be technical yep. about it, that's what you, that look is about, which is when you would do like a fat loss phase after you built some muscle, but it's such, it's ridiculous. Like the, the amount of misinformation out there, it's like, oh, the creatine's a steroid and that we won't look feminine if we lift weights. Well, how is that elliptical working out for you? Because if that's all you're doing and you're not happy with your body and you keep getting, you know, your belly won't go down, the just you've got to get in the weight room. and and that's yeah. what I love about yeah. this school is that we've changed that mindset a little bit. Um, yeah, the generation. Yeah, and and we're making the changes. We're we're pushing it into into a different direction, and and I think that that's uh, that's probably one of the most powerful things that's happening today. Well, Hillary, I want to jump into our rapid fire uh, section because I'm I'm really curious to get your thoughts on a few uh, things in a rapid fire way. So with the rapid fire round of questions, uh, you can throw out either one word or one sentence to answer the rapid fire questions. You ready? Yep. All right. So let's talk disruption. How do you disrupt your life in order to spark new growth? Just doing something that is uncomfortable or... Um, trying to think just yeah just being a little bit uncomfortable or difficult love that so one day i was coaching a client and something visibly shifted her eyes changed her posture moved when i asked her what happened she started crying and she talked about this like disruptive shift inside of her we joked that it was kind of like a chiropractic adjustment for her soul uh, everything just kind of went back into alignment can you think of a time when something just clicked for you, something in your soul just connected and you were more connected to some sort of higher truth? When I just first started seeing the results of all my hard work and I realized that I was in fact on the right path and I just, I felt amazing and everything was just kind of felt like an alignment. Love that. And I think that goes for art 
and fitness, both of those things. Yeah. Yeah. They're all connected. Finally clicks and you finally see the results. Yeah. What have you learned in the last three years that excites you the most? That we have a lot more control than we may be led to believe over our lives and our destinies. Beautiful answer. If you could go back 10 years and give your former self advice that would push your evolution forward, what would it be? Good question. Um, go back 10 years. Um, you can edit out this pause. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great question. I love the pause. The pause is real. Right? Oh, the pause okay. is great because it it uh, it shows thought, and oh. and that's part of why we ask these questions. We want we want our listeners to think about this as well. If I could give myself advice ten years ago, I would say that I being a little more open minded, I guess, and not set in this one belief. Just being open minded to something that might be different than what I originally thought was the answer. Mm, I love that. Being more coachable, I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah, we tend to think of one answer, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. great perspective. What do you know now uh, that you feel like other people don't know and that you wish that they did? That it's not all over after you turn a certain age in mm. any way, shape or form. It is just getting started. <laughs> Amen to that. It's not, it's not over until we're six feet under, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why do people say that you get fatter and slower as you get older? I think it's because they slow down. And in subtle ways that I think they may not realize, it's... I don't know. It, I don't know. I'm trying to answer this in one sentence. <laughs> just, I think I'm not sure that you're... you're metabolism obviously doesn't slow. I think that you, you slow down, you get more comfortable. Yeah. I love that. You get comfortable right now. What do you feel like you're most proud of? What are you most proud of today? I am most proud of that. I do the things I say I'm going to do that. I've done the things that I said I was going to do. Um, most of them, right. Pretty much everything I've said, love that. I go and I, and I, and I don't talk about it. I do it. And say do ratio. So important. Mm -hmm. Final question is you've evolved. What is something that you used to believe that you no longer do? That it's kind of the similar to what I just mentioned is that I used to think that it was as we get older, it's just downhill that things just deteriorate. And that is, it's not true at all. So I know it's the kind of the same answer, but I definitely believed that before. And I no longer believe that. And it's a much better place to be where I'm I, at feeling this, this positive mindset. Yeah. I love that. Well, Hillary Scott, I mean, you're an inspiration. You are a, a wonderful artist. You are a pro. You are somebody, uh, I'd love to post that you did, I think, yesterday that looked back um, a few years ago on some of your paintings and where you were going into a show uh, versus where you are now. I, th I thought that was super fascinating. 
there are people out there that make excuses for their age, for their sex, for their um, career, for whatever. Uh, people in my industry just eat this way. People in my industry don't do this. People in my, you know, uh, women of this age don't do that, or they do this. And you have flown in the face of all of those things and proven that growth, success, evolution can and will happen when you make a commitment and a choice to do so. Any final bit of wisdom that you'd want to give to our listeners? I just want everyone to know that um, it's never too late. You're not too old, no matter what you're doing, whether it's fitness, body physique, performance goals, or whether it's a career goal that you have. Um, it's just, that's a very self-defeating thing. It is just, it is never too late. Um, I see people you know, get in the best shape of their lives. And I see this pictures of these people, you know, their sixties and their seventies. So, um, just that should be encouraging instead of, instead of discouraging, it should be like, wow. I'm like, you can still do it. Everybody can do it. I love that. Everyone. (laughs) I love that. Well, I feel like we could talk all day uh, yes. about this topic, uh, but uh, on that note, it is time for us to wrap up uh, another episode of the Evolve podcast. Uh, Hillary, thanks again for coming on, sharing your knowledge and wisdom with our listeners. Uh, part of what I love about this conversation is that you're an extremely successful artist. You are, have done well in your career. You've had a lot of uh, accolades. You've grown your business. And through our conversation today, you have proven that we are not one-dimensional humans. We are people that can evolve, that can grow, and that can continue to progress in whatever it is that we choose to do. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you and follow your personal evolution? I put all my art up on Instagram. So that would be Hillary Scott underscore fine art. Um, and then my website is Hillary Scott fine art.com. So those are the two places. I don't really have a space in the fitness. Like I don't, this is our conversation because it's something I'm passionate about, but I don't do it professionally. So if right. you want to follow my art, you can follow it online <laughs> um, and listen to this podcast to get my thoughts on fitness. Love it. Yeah. And I would highly recommend our listeners uh, follow. I, like I said, I don't know how long I've been following your your artwork, but it is inspiring to me. Uh, it always makes me feel like I want to go outside on a trail run. Um, and, wow. and frankly, that I want to go uh, jump on a plane, fly out to, to uh, Boston and uh, go run through these areas that you're painting. I mean, they might not be as beautiful when I go running through them as what the painting is, but it makes me feel like, uh, hey, if I were out there, I'd, I'd probably see some of this too. You so would. love it. And um, someday you should come to Boston. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I need so to. It's been a, it's been a few years. Like we we've talked about before. One of these days, I got to get you out to Utah so that you can come and paint the mountains here, paint the that. red rocks, and yes. I got to come out and see all these beautiful places that you're painting in uh, in Boston. And the wetlands and yeah, and, uh, yeah, love them. No, I know I have a whole I see because because it's not over after 40. I have all these years to explore other parts of the country and to make more paintings. And so it's, I'm super optimistic about all of that. And I can't wait. I love it. Well, thank, thank you again. And for our listeners, we'll add the links uh, in the show notes so that you can find Hillary and you can follow her. Uh, But folks, remember, it does take time and consistency to evolve. But first, you have to disrupt. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Evolve Podcast. Follow us on your favorite podcast app, and if you haven't done so, please give us a rating. As an independent podcast, it really helps us get more reach. This podcast is part of our mission to help millions of people evolve into the best versions of themselves. Please check out our coaching services at evolve-cast.com or pick up some of our Evolve merch. Until next time, keep evolving.